This is episode 53 of Friend or Foe, and I very proudly welcome my two friends, Bola Ogan and Pickles Kentaro. Bola is a phenomenal filmmaker, writer, producer, and actress whose short film, The Water Phoenix, has been picking up all sorts of laurels wherever it plays in film festivals all across America. She just finished uh, her second short, which is called Are We Good Parents?, which stars Tracy Toms and Sean McGuire from Once Upon a Time on ABC. Bola is just the coolest and um, it's just, it's always a pleasure speaking with her, and um, I know you guys are going to really enjoy listening to all the things she has to talk about. My second guest is Pickles Kentaro, who is the creator and, uh, I'll say, guru of Owl Stravaganza, which is the absolutely amazing Weird Owl-inspired burlesque show. Uh, it is all Weird Owl. Every costume, every dance number, um, <laughs> all the, uh, shall we say, uh, erotic fun is Weird Al themed. And let me tell you, it is an incredible show. I saw it the last time it came through Los Angeles. This year it's at the um, uh, club Faye Dodo on Adams Boulevard here in Los Angeles. And uh, guys, if you're in L.A., you've got to check out this show. Pickles is amazing. Um, she uh, she doesn't perform in the show so much as just uh, as coordinating them, but she is just electric. Her performers are all really amazing. Uh, so please uh, check out that show. Of course, I'll have the link in the episode description. And... Um, also, this episode is brought to you by the all-new Samsung Galaxy Note 8. The Samsung Galaxy Note 8 features an incredible 6.3-inch infinity screen, the all-new S Pen, which allows you to write um, notes and send messages without unlocking your phone, and uh, let me tell you, it it uh, allows you to create some really, really cool designs. Um, I've been uh, doing a promo for Samsung, so they gave me a phone to use, and I've been trying out all of the all of the cool toys on it. It is uh, it is amazing. You can um, uh, uh, it has what's called App Pair, where you can use two apps simultaneously while it's in uh, horizontal mode. Um, which is super cool. You know, I'm a social media nut, and uh, having Instagram and Twitter open at the same time is <laughs> a really, really cool resource, so I can do all sorts of posting um, simultaneously and cross-referencing things. It's super, super cool. Uh, the Note 8 is also dust and water-resistant. Um, you can also pair it with all sorts of really cool Samsung accessories like the Gear 360 VR headset. Oh man, I've been, I've been playing with this. Uh, oh, it's, it's just such an incredible, immersive, interactive experience. And, uh, you really truly gotta check it out. So, um, uh, the uh, Samsung Note 8 is available at your local Sprint store. Check it out. And without further ado, here is episode 53 with Bola Ogan and Pickles Kentaro. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.
Hello. Hey. How's it going? It's going pretty well. <laughs> We're just jumping right into it. Yeah, it sounds good. I'm good with that. So, welcome, Bola. Thanks. My very, very good friend, Bola. Yay. I'm so glad you're here. Well, thanks. I'm glad you asked. I've been trying to get you on the show for a while. Like two weeks. To talk dude. about all your things. <laughs> like that's, two, that's forever two weeks. for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, so when, long. You were, when you were helping Rachel move, I was like, hey, I got this podcast. Because I'm, oh, right, yeah. I'm shamelessly plugging it at all at all points well, and I, with all I people. I think you have to. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm so, you have to plug anything and everything you're doing when you're nobody. It, and it's so funny because yeah, yeah. I, who was I, I was listening to, or I wasn't listening to, I, I remember a couple years ago when Maroon 5, don't judge me, um, was talking about how like they couldn't give their records away at one point. You know what I mean? Like they would try to, you know, like people on Hollywood Boulevard or whatever. Sure. Trying to give Standing around trying to put it in your pocket, down your shirt. Yeah. And it got to the point like they're so famous now that like shit just leaks. Wait, sure. can we cuss on this? Fuck yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't even, it's like, wait a minute. What's the, I encourage it. P, yeah. PG 13. Not at all. Um, yeah, they couldn't give it away. And, and now it's hard to like even keep it a secret. And, um, you know, so when you're beginning, you just have to pimp it out at any point. And it's so exhausting. <laughs> and speaking of pimping things out, you're, you're pimping all sorts of projects right now. Like you got yeah. so much going. You were, you were, uh, <laughs> I, it was hard to get you in here in the studio because you were on your laptop, obviously making another million dollar deal. Tell me oh, all about Jesus. it. Jesus, no, I, I mean I can't say too much because it's not like official. But and and what's funny and it's gonna sound weird, but like it, it's so low budget. The thing that it's possible, like it's so low budget. It's it's less than what the water my short cost my first my first short. And so it's funny that these people are interested in having me direct their feature. But like they're they're basing their interests on something that costs seven times more than what they want to do for a feature. So, oh wow, it's it's um it's it's a it's a good. I'm trying to think of it as like you know it's a good person problem. Like people are interested in you, and that's and that's something to be happy and proud of. But at the same time, it's like I don't really need the challenge of trying to make a feature work for as much money as they're trying to do it for. Yeah. Um, it's just like another problem. And then on top of that, I'm just trying to find like the day job too. Like I've sure. been very lucky for this year to like spend time on projects. I produced like four projects, including my own this year. And I'm very proud of it and I'm very happy with it. But now I'm like, you know, starving artist broke. Right. So, <laughs> so I'm trying to like find a job while also keep the ball rolling on the creative front, which is, you know, as any person who's a starving artist will tell you is not easy. Uh, uh, amen, sister. <laughs> uh, points itself. I, um, I've, I've been extraordinarily fortunate this year. Um, in the past few months, I've picked up some pretty incredible things. I'm working on a project for CBS. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Um, on Thursday, which I'm stoked about. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I can talk about it or not, so I guess I won't, but I'll be. Oh, that's great. All, so you and I will not talk about yeah, these we'll projects. Yeah, we'll not talk about we'll any, talk about anything. Vaguely. It's really exactly. exciting. Shh. <laughs> yeah being all uh all mysterious but um uh you you have uh some i mean you're killing it seriously <laughs> i i mean i know you don't have any cash in your pocket right now but <laughs> but you are killing it um the water phoenix opened at the la shorts fest mm -hmm. i World saw it. incredible um lots of famouses were there also aya cash was in attendance uh yeah. as was amy akuda i mm -hmm. saw her leaving the theater and mm -hmm. um 
David Greenwald, uh, who I, I met, yeah. um, which is freaking awesome. I mentioned yeah, I mentioned Buffy me and Angel. That was insane. You're damn right he did. I'm sure he did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he wanted to talk to you. Everybody wants to talk to you, Bola. Yeah, it's it was hard because, like, it's nice. I wanted to talk to everybody, but, like, you're also just kind of in a whirlwind. And they are also trying to push people out for the next screening. So you don't really get to, like, right. sit and hang and actually digest the situation or digest the moment. But um, but it was really cool, like, it, you know, to have people. It's also really weird to see it with strangers for the first time. Because, <laughs> like, the only other time that I'd seen it on a screen, I, I hadn't even seen it on a screen that big. But, like, when I did see it, it was all friends and family. It was a friends and family screening. And so they're all rooting for you to, like do well and so they're very excited but in a room full of strangers you're just like mm, do they like it do they hate it i don't know <laughs> i don't know um well that yeah. crowd reaction was pretty good yeah i mean somebody Everyone has to tell me because i think i blacked out <laughs> <laughs> i just like I, I blacked out and was just judging the screen of like is the color right is does it look oh, okay sure. Sure. <laughs> i worked really hard. and i i've never I've always made fun of people who are like like directors who are so specific about that kind of thing. I'm like, nobody cares. It looks great. I have become that person. I look at it and I go, what the fuck? There's more green. There's supposed to be more green there. It's not that blue. That God scale damn it. was out of place. <laughs> is this the right track? This is not the right track. Like, it, uh, you're just looking at every little piece of it. And um, it's going to be hard to just sit back and enjoy it for a minute, I think. But I can't wait. I'm glad that it's out there now because I've been working on it for a long time. Uh, it really is excellent, Bola. Mm -hmm. I, I'm so glad that I got to see it in its world premiere, which was it was pretty incredible. And you have uh, the next one that's coming up uh, is pretty awesome. Are we good parents? Mm -hmm. I actually meant the next screening, but yes, your next. Oh, the film. next screening. <laughs> yeah. Well, then the yeah, the next screening is this. I don't know when this um, podcast is going to go up, but this weekend uh, or. What is it? I don't know what day it is. Um, Today August twenty twenty sixth. I think. I mean. Whatever day. <laughs> Insert date this has released. <laughs> um, well, August 26th uh, at the Half Fest, um, my short, The Water Phoenix, will be opening the Ryan Murphy directing showcase. So that's really cool. Like, it's the first one ever. There's a lot of attention around what he's doing because it's um, it's helping fix the diversity problem that our industry has, which is, everybody's very aware of it. And they all seem to sit around the table going, how do we fix this? And, like, the answer is, you know, hire people. Mm -hmm. um, and he's doing that. He's doing that. He's giving people a chance to um, meet with other directors who are already established and create a relationship and also create a, sh a relationship with Fox and other Fox entities like FX and uh, Fox 21. And, you know, that's a testament to what he's doing. And Tanase Popa, who's running the program, um, and he's doing a fantastic job. He's very strategic about who he picks and where he puts them in the lineup when it comes to all the Ryan Murphy shows. He's very specific about it. And it's almost like like a Rain Man side of the situation. Like he's like very calculated about it. And I love that about him because nothing he does is on an accident. Nothing he chooses, no one he chooses, no nothing he puts is there by accident. He's very specific about it. And he's so passionate about helping new fem filmmakers. And I'm so glad to be a part of the inaugural class of this thing. So This is a big deal, Bola. Congratulations. Yeah, thank like, you. this is pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of, it's, it's a lot of uh, pressure because <laughs> like the last, the last one is like, okay, you're there with moviegoers. Goers. They may be strangers, but they're at least moviegoers. Now I'm going to screen in front of a bunch of industry people <laughs> who might have their arms crossed. Sure, and be like, but, Impress me. But the thing about it is the hard part is over, right? You made I, the I film. 
Yes, I made the film. You made the film. You all kinds of made the film. Yeah. You wrote, produced, directed, and starred yeah. in the film. <laughs> I should I should say present tense. You <laughs> yeah. you star in the film. Um mm-hmm. and you're you're amazing in it. Um, Thank you. Um the um uh not only for the diversity aspect of it, but you're a frickin' mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love I love the the mermaid part. I mean, it's kind of why I did it. I just wanted to do um, a project that would stand out, that would be different from most of what you see. And, um, you know, I, I really like the sci-fi fantasy world and I don't see a lot of diversity there. So that's why I wanted to kind of make that my first short because so many times, like, you could do the smaller thing. Like, Are We Good Parents is actually, I would have despised trying to do this first. <laughs> like, I'd, And I don't know that I could have come up with it first because because I was so against trying to do like two, three people in a room talking and trying to make that something cool and, and it's really hard to make that something cool really like like mm-hmm. flashy um although are we good parents i think is is really cool for a different aspect Completely. like it's just uh mm-hmm. i think it tackles some modern day parenting questions that we all ask ourselves even though i'm not a parent um but the water phoenix you know was, i want to do big budget epic features like i love to do kind of you know, the Christopher Nolan type movies, the big, like, like n- not too, not too distant future sh- movies like Looper and, um, mm-hmm. and Inception and, and like Oblivion. Actually, that's pretty distant, but like, I love those kind of films. So I wanted to make it very clear from the beginning of my journey as a filmmaker, what kind of work I wanted to do. And you definitely established that. <laughs> I mean, you, you, Knocked it out of the park from mm-hmm. the get-go. And Are We Good Parents, as you just said, is also really amazing in all the ways. And I, I know we can't talk about it too much because it's not out yet. Right. But it stars the amazing Tracy Toms and Sean McGuire. Mm-hmm. From Once Upon a Time. And who is the lovely Gabrielle Sky Goodman. She's so awesome. Who is incredible. She's just, so awesome. I wish I could say introducing, but like I totally didn't discover her. So, <laughs> so, so she's just uh, an awesome actress who I'm really glad to have in my short, and who can who adds and holds her own against you know titans like Tracy and and Sean who've been working for decades. So yeah, she sure does. Yeah, it's it was really fun. It, and that one I've watched so many times. Like the Water Phoenix, I got sick of watching it. <laughs> it's just like I another pass no I had to watch. Another pass. Like why isn't this finished? But are we good parents? I mean, that was so quick. We it took a while for us to shoot because of schedules or our actors schedules didn't quite line up, but once we did shoot, I mean, the pre-production and post is was all of like five weeks. Like that was that was it, and we were wow. done. Wow! Yeah, super quick. That's an amazing turnaround. Super quick. Yeah, I'm so glad I'm I'm in the privileged circle. I got to see it because <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. I can't wait for everybody to watch Thanks. it. Thanks. Uh, fingers crossed. We'll see where we'll, we'll see where we land. But I think people. I don't know. It's hard. I don't know yet. It's another. <laughs> I don't know what people's reactions are going to be to it. So we'll see. But Indeed, yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll come back and talk about that one. Okay, no <laughs> doubt. You better come back to the show. And talk about it. I I will be uh, actually. I love to do a remote with you um, during the premiere because. Oh, during the premiere of uh, Are We Good Parents? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll 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 do it up. Yeah. We'll we'll does we'll does it up. 
We're done. Do's it up. That's right. For That's sure. Right. Um, but yeah, what else do you want to talk about? Everything. <laughs> everything, Vola. Uh, all, all about you. Like, what, what was the genesis of you wanting to be a filmmaker? Um, it started with, like, I moved here to act. I moved to L.A. 10 years ago. Jesus Christ. Congratulations. Oh, my God. Thanks. I made it. And <laughs> barely sometimes. All the, mm. all the, wow. That's not supposed to ring. I'll fix that. Hold How on. dare you? What the fuck? I thought this, you said this would work. The do not disturb. It did not work. <laughs> but also, I feel like it's some, you know what is annoying? It's like some freaking, like, telemarketer calling me it's like the fourth call or whatever i don't know because that's that's exactly when they they call you is in the middle of an important thing. in the middle of a podcast because they don't care i don't give a shit oh movie voice you know what's they should really we should really find a time to like have a female movie voice and i know there's a movie about this yes yes i love them lake bell yes have you seen it uh I saw I saw a piece of it. It's on Netflix, right? I think so. It's in called, a world. In a world. Yes. Yeah. It's really it's really good. Yeah. And speaking of women who have directed, yeah. written, and acted Damn in their right. own project, Lake Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really good movie. If you haven't seen it yet, you should totally check it out. Plug plug. Um, yeah, I I started to think about filmmaking or being a filmmaker and not just an actress when I realized like I'm a dark skinned black woman and I didn't feel like there were going to be opportunities that I was interested in. Like, um, they're just, the people don't make parts. I remember a manager just straight up telling me when I, he got my inform like I sent him my, um, my resume and headshot and he flat out was like, I don't know what to do with you. You know, um, oh, that's nice. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't know, like a grade, okay, but like I don't know what to Seriously? do. Seriously, this is a real conversation that happened, and um, and I was like, well, like I could do anything, like play right. a doctor, pay cut, like you know, I could be a person, okay. <laughs> um, but that's, I would like to play a human, please. Right, but that's unfortunately how the industry thinks. I mean, they put everybody in boxes. That's how they do what they do. Which I get, but they don't even think outside of like, oh, this is the blonde and this is the brunette and this is the redhead. And like, they don't really think past that. You kind of have to tell them who you are, which is why I was like, I I was thinking to myself, like, I'd been working as a PA for a long time. And, you know, I just noticed how it went. And even if I had a manager and agent, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't go out more than twice, once or twice a month on auditions. And you know how hard it is to like audition in L.A. Like. The, it's all about the numbers. And if you're only going out 24 times a year, like your chances of actually booking anything or booking anything good are so small. They're, the percentage is so ridiculously small. And I didn't know how to compete with that. And also just, you know, I, as a PA, when I was working as a PA, like I didn't have time for anything anyway, like much less kind of sit around and wait and hope for somebody to give me an audition that I wait and hope and hope to book. Mm-hmm. So that's when I started thinking of like, what can I do to change that? What can I do to tell the industry what to do with me since they don't know what to do? So that's what I started to think about. And then um, I don't know, somebody told me about the AFI Directing Workshop for Women, which I, I didn't take too seriously until a couple of years like four years ago um 
when I'd, I'd, well, I'd worked on one um, project called Silk, and uh, that was directed by Catherine Dent, and I was uh, uh, the key second, second AD on that, and I uh, was just really admiring how it was running and how small, like, how low, low budget it could be and, and still get it done. Same thing when I, when I first AD'd a um, USC thesis film which wasn't as good and the director had no idea what he was doing I was like oh well if this guy can do it <laughs> yep I mean he knows nothing and I know so much more why don't I just give it a try um so I when the submissions came for um the AFI directing workshop for women again I was trying to think of something that was unique and I personally respond to like supernatural storytelling zombies I, you know I love Walking Dead yes um so good uh, although I, I'm like a season behind oh, no. <laughs> I know I haven't seen anything oh no um we gotta, you know we gotta have a marathon day. oh god I would I would love that um zombies werewolves and and vampires but we've like we've done those so many times um we've overdone them like it, it's i think people are just kind of tired of it they've seen it a million times and i was like well what have we not explored supernatural wise in the same vein in the same dark gritty vein with those kind of lenses and you know mermaids mermaids we haven't really done that although now like i've been working on this project for like two three years and now there's like a tv show now they're out there yeah yeah and and now there's like a, a couple movies that are about to be made too so um you know it's it's that's where it started being that's where the journey started and i just kind of as i was going through the program start to learn more about storytelling and visual storytelling and how to do, you know, um, all the things I would have learned in film school had I gone. So it was really nice. It really opened up my mind to how to do this correctly and, and how to tell stories. And that's a testament to it. Cause are we good parents? I had the idea. I just didn't know how to execute it. You know, years ago it came from my sister who told me she was gay at 19. And I was like, wait a minute, why did you think I wouldn't be okay with this? Right, right. <laughs> so I, I, I always thought it was a funny idea. I just didn't know what to do with it. So through all those, through all the stories, all, all those experiences, I was able to like figure out how to tell that story. Like, <laughs> yeah. Am I making sense? No, you're like making absolute sense. I, that's, um, that's really incredible how, you know, how it, how it all came to be. And both films are, truly fantastic um guys i i know my listeners haven't uh you know gotten to see either you know they they haven't the water phoenix hasn't visited them in their their city yet yeah um but it will very i'm very trying soon. i'm really glad that people are reaching like we we got the trailer got um tweeted by shadow act shadow and act of on um indiewire and was put on Facebook by um, Afropunk, and so we've gotten a little bit of a little bit of press, but like it's been enough to get people looking at it and asking when it's coming to like people think it's some big budget film. Like they're all like, "When is it getting released?" I'm like, "It's not getting released, guys. That's not a thing with short films." <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw comments uh, coming in from Germany and. 
uh, all over the place on the Instagram and stuff. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, I got to check out the Instagram. I actually haven't looked at it. <laughs> yeah, you do. I've only been like on Facebook, there's like some, trying to update there's some it and like action going on. All right, over there. I got to look at that um, yeah, and answer them because. It, and what's great about those I've realized now is I can take those uh, when people say that it's really great and it gives us a reason to like try and get festivals to program the movie because they can say, hey people in your area are interested in seeing this movie, please program us. Thanks. <laughs> so, um, you know, I put together something that I can start sending to film festivals and hopefully they'll respond and, and get us everywhere. Like, luckily we're at the very, very beginning of our, our, uh, circuit. So it's like, it, it'll hopefully we'll get everywhere by the time this time next year, we will have been everywhere. No doubt. Mm -hmm. So what would you like to do next? I know you just talked a little bit about that. You're really into the supernatural and the and the sci-fi um, genres. Yeah, yeah. What what would you like to do with that? What is your best case scenario? Like, what movie would you make if you had an unlimited budget? Oh, oh give it to me. I mean, well, like, <laughs> there's there's two different types, right? So, like, for me, the movie that I would love to like get my hands on it to like redo is is the last airbender avatar the last uh, Airbender. Uh -huh. like i would love to do that movie that'd be badass it would be so great i mean i or you know what that that hasn't really been done movie that hasn't been done that i would love to do is final fantasy final fantasy 7 yes. specifically there you go because it's the fan favorite it is and um and i love that one it it, it uh has a special place in my heart um but yeah, I would, I would kill to do that movie. Okay, <laughs> I think it's gonna happen, Bola. I, I, I honestly have. No oh, doubt. there's so many. Okay, here's the thing, <laughs> not to, not to talk of just like being a new filmmaker, but also like there's so many just like different obstacles. It's the new filmmaker obstacle, right? The, them getting over that I'm a, a woman of color and all that, or whatever. Okay, say they like. Okay, great. You're. We like your work. We like your passion. You're hired. Okay. But then also you have to get past the like Sony level because, uh, oh, what? Oh, nothing. Just careful about the tapping oh, the you. table. <laughs> you also, sorry. so getting past the like the woman of color, like barrier of being a director, you have to get past that barrier and then say they like say, okay, cool. We'd love to hire you. But then you also have to get the rights to the film. And I'm sure. from what I hear, um, it's Sony, I think, that owns um, Final, Final Fantasy. Fantasy yeah. But like their 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 grip is so tight on that IP because they've been burned in the past before. So you also have to convince them, like, I'm not going to mess up your movie. Right. <laughs> um, I obviously can't speak on the woman of color aspect, but um, I have. Okay, I don't know if I brought this up on the show before, but there's a property that is so close to my heart that mm -hmm. is very much along Zombies Ate My Neighbors. You remember this game I for the Super Nintendo? <laughs> Holy <laughs> crap. It was the coolest game. It had these two kids, and essentially they were running around fighting, you know, zombies, goblins, um, like demon kids, giant babies, trolls like the there were oh, endless, awesome. it was endless levels and they start out with squirt guns yes. and then as you as you go through you find these little uh these little treasure boxes in the in the rooms mm -hmm. that you have to break open like you. and um yeah and it, <laughs> and it was um 
it's it's the coolest. It's just the absolute coolest game. So because I'm totally nuts and I just have no shame whatsoever, um, I got it in my head one day to like, I'm like, I'm going to option this. Why has no one optioned this yet? So, and don't ask me how I did this, and I swear to you listeners that this is true. Um, somehow I found the direct number to um, LucasArts, right? Who wow. makes the game. Don't know where I found it. Don't know how. That's some initiative there. <laughs> like I'm so, so I call. I just called them up, right? And and I I had a whole spiel. I was like, you know, hi, I've, I'm uh, I'd like to pick up the rights for Zombies Ain't My Neighbors. Um, I'd like to know uh, about what the next step is in the process. And they said we didn't make that game. Mm. We we don't have anything to do with that game. We don't know what you're talking about. So then I found out um, a few years later that someone had already like attempted to pick up the option. So they they didn't want to they didn't want to talk to me obviously because uh. who the fuck cares who I am and uh, and I've read uh, every every great once in a while I'll do a Google search and someone is trying to option it and uh, and it's just it's never happened. But it's I would hard. love to I would love to see it get made. I mean, there's so many. Unfortunately, not great uh, video game movies out there <laughs> that I'm sure like every uh, video game company is very much like skeptical about whoever they give their sure. their rights to because it's a touchy thing. I mean, there's so there's like a handful of good video game movies, I think. Um, what are your favorites? I knew you're going to ask. That. <laughs> I was like, he's going to ask. Of course. And, I, I don't want to. I also don't want to put anybody on blast or anything like that. I will say the first one that comes to mind is like definitely the first Resident Evil. I think the first Resident oh, okay. Evil did a good job um, of really touching into that world. Um, that's all I got on top of my head. No, okay. <laughs> uh, I I enjoyed. I saw the first Resident Evil in the theater, and my my thing is. Overuse of CGI bothers me a lot. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. it was just um, <laughs> that 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 would be a whole other show if I <laughs> went on my rant about overuse of CGI. Oh god, also yeah. one of the problems I had with the new Ghostbusters, but um, <laughs> didn't have anything to do with the ladies. It just wasn't a good movie. Um, but uh, yeah, the first Resident Evil was pretty good. I I don't know if I could even think of any. Any of them that really did it well. I mean, really well. I'm also just trying to think of like the other. Oh, another one that I would love to do is Metal Gear Solid. But I would have to like re I would have to like get reacquainted with it, to be honest, because I'm like not as like I loved the first one. I I played it with my dad. Um, Actually, video game time was like father daughter time. (laughs) Like that's why I think it has such a special place in my heart. But like. Um, yeah, Metal Gear Solid. I'd love to do that. Like, I think it's so geared towards you just create a story. It's just, it would, I think it's an easy one to do. Um, cause it's also just, it, you know, it's not shooter. I'm not a shooter game person. I, mm-hmm. I love RPGs. Um, Me too. yeah, I, I don't know that it's so much like overuse of CGI so much as using CGI correctly because, um, I don't know if you're aware, but like in, David Fincher uses a ton of sure. CGI in his movies, and a lot of times it's not really noticeable. Um, it's not noticeable because he just does it really well. Right. <laughs> like uh, he he doesn't use real blood like on set when he anytime you see blood in his movies, usually it's it's CGI. Hmm. Um, 
I mean, there's there's so many videos online about like how he uses it and what he does specifically. I mean, down to reframing an entire shot um, just by punching in or whatever, like or or adding little little details like snow, like adding snow or, or fixing someone's hair. I remember there's somebody who was talk, talking about him fixing uh, Rooney's bangs in one shot, like not even one shot really? in a whole scene in oh, wow. Dragon Tattoo. Yeah. I mean, that's like, perf- he's because he's a perfectionist and that's the right. way he works, but he does it so well. And I don't know that anybody realizes like how well he does it that they don't even know that it's happening. You see, that movie... Um, I think it was Dragon Tattoo that ha- has more of CGI than like Godzilla, like the la- the mm-hmm. last one. So that's how well <laughs> that's like, that's nuts, right? Yeah, that is that's you just have crazy. to use it well. You have to right. use it in a specific way. Yeah, um, he definitely enjoys. Uh, he he is definitely in a retentive. He he enjoys his shots. I um, I was background on a on a pilot that he shot. This was a couple of years ago now. Mm. Um, I don't I don't think he got picked up, which was crazy because it's David Fincher, but um There's all sorts of It reasons. was it was walking. It was just a walking shot. Mm-hmm. It was just like walking up and down. It was at uh, Red Studios, I think. You guys did it you guys did it ninety times, didn't you? Sixty three. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Sixty three times. I, I knew what I was in for, so I started counting on the first one. Yeah, there 63. you go. Make a game of it. Yeah. Because you can't change it. That's just what he does. Yeah. That's yeah. how he gets what he does. Yeah. But he knows. He yeah. knows exactly what he wants. Oh, yeah. And uh, and it's always worth it. Yeah. You know? It is. I love his movies. Yeah. Fight Club is one of my favorite movies. Oh, yes. And I know that, like, a lot of people think, oh, girls, that can't be your favorite movie. Or if it's your favorite movie, it's because of Brad Pitt. It's like, nah, bitch. <laughs> it's just a good-ass movie. It's, uh, it's I mean, down to the movie. opening credits. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, the fact that, like, it's every brain, like, electric wave, it, like, triggers a name credit. And you're just going, you're starting from the smallest like microcell of a human brain and then you're getting bigger and bigger. I mean, I can talk about this. Just we could do a podcast just on this movie. I would love to. <laughs> next next show, next episode. <laughs> next next Fight Club podcast. Okay. Like, I can't wait. It's going to be great. Okay. Um but we couldn't talk yeah. about it. <laughs> right? right? That's, exactly. that's always the problem. That that would be I mean, that would be the whole podcast. Like, hey yeah, guys, right. welcome to Fight Club. That's it. <laughs> and can't, we can't talk about anything. And else. the show. <laughs> And scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah he's he's done some of my my favorite work yeah along with with Christopher Nolan who I've had the pleasure of working with. Um, what was that on? I did. Um, I worked on The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, all the that's LA stuff. Right. Yeah. Actually, there's a there's a cool. I can't remember with. I haven't looked for it in a while, but. At one point, I mean, we had so many, so much paparazzi, but luckily we were pretty good about uh, the sets that we had that weren't too exposed. There was one day where we were downtown, and I mean, a lot downtown, but there was one day where the paparazzi got high enough where they could kind of shoot down and, and look at us. And I was walking, Christian, he was in the full like Batman suit. So we were doing our best to like cover him with like our, our, our jackets and our sweaters or whatever. But of course he's taller than all of us. So it wasn't really working, (laughs) but I like, I faked flash them by like Uh, pulling up my shirt. Yeah. I pulled up my shirt, but like just enough to where it looked like I was really about to do something. I was like, distraction, here you go. Hello boobies. (laughs) But no boobies. Cause I didn't really pull it all the way up. But like Christian was behind me. He saw that and like 
but he couldn't see that I wasn't actually doing it. All Uh-oh. he saw was that my shirt was up. But so like he poked me and he's like, what are you doing? I was like, no, 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 it's fake. I'm not actually. No, I'm, no, I'm helping you. I'm not actually pulling it all the way up. <laughs> But there are a couple of pictures online of me, like, fake flashing the, <laughs> the paparazzi. Does immediate Google search. <laughs> That's pretty incredible, though, like that, you, that, you got to, uh, that you got to work with him. He's, he's a pretty slick dude. Oh, um, he's so great. I, uh, had, had yet another lame claim to fame. But I, I worked background for three days on The Dark Knight, on the second one. Oh, nice. And, in uh, Chicago. In Chicago, yeah. yeah, in a high-rise office building. And it was actually, you know, the scene where Joker comes in looking for Harvey Dent and... Uh, throws Maggie Gyllenhaal out the window and that nice. whole thing. And um, the most incredible acting experience I could ever hope to have because, you know, Christopher Nolan was doing his thing. He actually had a um, a monitor on a necklace around his neck, like Flavor Flav style, so he could just, you know, pick it up and look at it. So oh, yeah, he that's, didn't have that's to walk the only monitor village. allowed on set, by the way. Really? Yeah. There's no video village on his on his movies. Oh, it's not even there. Holy crap. Yeah, he stays I, close to the camera as 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 humanly possible, as safe as possible, and right. he's he's in it like that's it. it. Yeah, and that monitor on his neck is that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, I was I was face to face with Heath Ledger, um, mm-hmm. and you know, seeing him do his thing. May so he rest in peace. May you rest in peace for sure. Yeah, <sighs> exciting Pretty. being on the fringe of things, but like indeed. I'm so excited to just feel like doing it because you know I I admire all these all these filmmakers and I and I would just love to try and do something and that's the problem though in the beginning right like you you look up to all these filmmakers and you're just like oh my god you're so amazing I could never be that like I have to catch myself sometimes and be like you know what you're looking at these people at their prime you're never gonna you're not gonna be that and that's totally fine and like. It's okay. It's like try not to grade yourself based on their bar because you'll just be like in the corner crying <laughs> that you can't right. be good. But like their bar, I mean, they're just so on another level. Like you can't use that as as typical because they're not. These these guys are at the height of their career and they're not average. They're so above it. And y- you should try to reach for that, but don't expect that from yourself because you'll go crazy. So that's a little thing that I tell myself when I like watch their movies and just like cry afterwards. It's like, I can't do that. You can, con- <laughs> you can continue to aspire to it. Of course. Yeah. But, it, but the first, the, you know, there's, there's watching all of those amazing filmmakers and seeing all the great things that they've done. And then, you know, you, you take it in and then you, you have a choice mm-hmm. with it, you know, as a filmmaker, mm-hmm. as an artist, you can say, oh, that was really great art. Now I've seen it. Now I'm done. Or how can I utilize that to then create my own art? And you've done that with, you know, yeah, spectacular I mean, spades. The, the water, that's kind of where it started. It's just like, I don't see a lot of me in those kind of films. And so not just me personally, but as, you know, dark-skinned black women go, just, I got so many messages after people started to see the trailer for The Water Phoenix, like, so many, like, one literally was like, this is the movie I've been waiting for since I was eight. Wow. And uh, some women were just like, finally, you know, a Black Mermaid movie, you know, one that isn't, like, you know, that's so caught up in trying to get married or, like, too... It wasn't realistic or, like, campy, you know. It 
it was something that was closer to what everybody else is doing, but like, you know, involving people of color in it. Cause I also have a Japanese actor in my, uh, my short, mm-hmm. and there's a little black girl in it as well. Like it's, I want to do what those people are doing, but like it inject a little more uh, diversity into it and in ways that, you know, the industry may not have ever done. I, I think they have, they have a black mermaid in the siren show on, on Freeform, I think, but Hmm. Um, I want to take it to like the feature level. I feel like what I feel like what Shonda Rhimes is doing when it comes to her shows, as far as people's otherness, isn't the storyline. It's not what the, drives the story. It's not what it's about. It's that they're doing the same thing and they're doing these extraordinary things, but they happen to be people of color. Not this is specifically about people of color, right? So that's kind of my mantras as a filmmaker is just do that. But like, I would love to do it on a feature level if it's possible, if I'm so blessed to do so. Um, so you, you would like to make the water Phoenix feature length? You know, I, 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 for me, it was, it was just a short, I try to think about it as a feature. Um, and if somebody's, if, if somebody actually is interested in doing that, I may have something I kind of like, I started to touch on, I I have made a pilot, um, that's loosely based on it. There's other things that aren't, of course, in the short that I've, I've created in the pilot um, when I've written it. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the feature version of the water Phoenix, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what that looks like, but I don't want to think about it too much until somebody actually asks. Throw some money at Throw some money at Bola. <laughs> she deserves it. That's an awesome film. I mean, it would be cool, but um, you know, I'm not. I'm not living and dying on that hill. I'm just gonna keep moving and keep telling stories. And that's really what it's all about. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me today, Bola. Thanks. That um, was quick. Yeah, it always goes fast. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that that was a good enough. Like, I don't know. <laughs> a good enough guess. Oh, my, I feel like my brain You're is amazing. in so many places. So, oh, uh, absolutely. Thank you, listeners, for dealing with my rambling <laughs> and mine too, <laughs> <laughs> and my maniacal laughter that I always have to cut out. <laughs> no. Thank you so much, Zig, for engineering the show. Yay! Um, <clears throat> please follow. Oh, tell. Uh, please All tell the, the listeners. Yes, where the where things. they can find you. <laughs> All the social things. Yeah. Um, I'm one bowl of fun on nearly everything. <laughs> so <laughs> you can find me on Instagram and, and Twitter on one bowl of fun, one spelled out, O-N-E-B-O-L-A-F-U-N. And um, The Water Phoenix has an Instagram. It's just The Water Phoenix Film. And it's on Facebook as well. And yeah. And Twitter. The, and Twitter. Which water, is Water, water Phoenix, Phoenix 5. Five. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't get the, the Water Phoenix for the Don't handle. Don't you hate that? Yeah. And the people who are using like, they're not even using it. Yeah. Really. It's like a bot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Somebody just squatting on it. So I had to use this awkward, like, Water Phoenix 5. Like, what the hell does that mean? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. It means I couldn't get That's the okay. Actual. They know where They know where to find you. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah. But it's probably better that they follow me because then I actually use that one and and the other one will probably die as soon as I'm done with the movie anyway. So we (laughs) shall see. We shall see. Yeah. Anyway. Well, thank you so much, Bola. Nichols, hello. Welcome to Friend or Foe. How are you? (laughs) Hello. I am well tonight. And you're calling from Minnesota? 
I am. I'm calling from Minneapolis, Minnesota, where I am a mere hour and a half from Darwin, Minnesota, the home of the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota, built by one man. Whoa. So, so awesome. Uh, there is a song dedicated to it by you know who. <laughs> Every time I say it, I'm like, more pickled wiener. Yes. <laughs> Pickles was uh, was showering me with accolades uh, on my nerdiness, and then the uh, the audio messed up, so we had to start this over. Um, Pickles, it's so wonderful to to talk with you. Thank you so much for for joining me here on the show today. Um, you are the creator, producer, showrunner of the all amazing, I should say, Al amazing, Al Stravaganza. That uh, that's uh, rolling through Los Angeles once again uh, on September 22nd in association with Peep Show Menagerie. And uh, you've got the whole tight and nerdy gang. I saw the show once before when you guys were uh, performing here in Los Angeles. And it's it's the most incredible burlesque show I've ever seen. I mean, it's it's one of the most amazing stage productions I've I've ever witnessed. Um, so tell me a little bit about the genesis of how you put the show together and how the tour came together and all that sort of thing. It's pretty amazing. Oh, thank you. That is a huge compliment coming from you. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> So, you know, honestly, uh, from the moment I, I burst onto the burlesque stage, I knew that I wanted to do a, an act or several acts to the music of uh, Weird Al Yankovic. And I had pitched the idea several times in my first six months of performing to local producers in the Bay Area. And people weren't really interested. They were like, no one's going to want to see that. And I'm like, everyone will want to see that. Absolutely. So, um, absolutely. So enter Jim Sweeney of Hubba Hubba Review in um, San Francisco. There is a long-running show called um, Monday Night Hubba, and I asked Jim if I could have a Monday night to put on my All Weird Al Burlesque show. And he said, yeah, I guess. And <laughs> he was like, I don't know who's going to want to see that, but sure. So he had enough faith in my determination and... Um, I set out and cast some of my favorite weirdos, and our show was, um, we actually held the record for the uh, most attended Monday Night Hubba for a few years. We had a huge attendance. Um, I actually spoke to Weird Al, Weird Al on the phone for that show, and he tweeted out our flyer, which I almost died. Nice. And it was amazing. It was everything I hoped it could be. Um, and so from there, I was like, you know... This was so much fun, and the world needs to see this. So I took the show on the road, and I contacted um, some friends in uh, the Pacific Northwest. And within a year, we were doing our first tour. We did um, Seattle and Portland. Um, we did uh, Fresno. We did San Luis Obispo. And then finally, we did L.A. And we just kept going to these cities. And it's it's been that way ever since. We tour a few times a year. Uh, we alternate uh, years when we do the Pacific Northwest. And in the past two years, we have actually um, created the Al Stravaganza Weekender, where we do two nights in St. Paul. And it's amazing. 
That's absolutely incredible. I mean, talk about, you know, uh, uh, taking, <laughs> taking the country by storm. Um, and it, like when I, when I saw this the first time, I, I just, I was overwhelmed with the joy at, at, uh, all the, you know, the amazing costumes and, uh, you know, every, every thread of the show really, <laughs> really speaks, speaks of Al and all his, uh, his, all his little, uh, inside jokes, you know, um, it's, it's really amazing. Um, so this year you are, um, uh, you're partnering with the peep show, which is awesome. And, uh, see the show is going to be on Adams Boulevard at the Fade de Do. Is that correct? Yes. Excellent. And, um, <laughs> speaking of the poster, let's talk about this poster for a minute. <laughs> who, who put this together for you? Um, so Chris Beyond, who is one of the co-producers of Peep Show, does the poster every year. And, you know, it's just it's just gotten smear and crazier as we go along. Originally, it was, you know, Al on a, uh, you know, Twinkie hot dog. And mm-hmm. <laughs> then another leg got added. And then Al went under underwater. And, you know, it's just it's just genius. And um, it makes me laugh every time I see it. It's it's pretty funny. They are they are pretty hilarious. I've I've got a I've I've been collecting them as you've been doing the shows. <laughs> Every, when, whenever you tweet a new poster, I'm like, oh, that's that's worlds of amazing. <laughs> we enjoy it, and you know, we actually this is going to sound really funny. We try to keep it somewhat tasteful. Um, you know, we love Al and we want to be respectful, so we don't. I mean, I've seen because there since we've started other Al burlesque shows have popped up and um you know some of them like their their posters are just i feel like they're a bit raunchy and that's not the spirit of al even though we're taking our clothes off to him um we like to keep him pin up al we like to keep him you know if al's daughter saw the poster we wouldn't she wouldn't be right offended or you know she could see it and and that's really we feel we respect Al we love Al so we want to treat him with the respect that he deserves right and I'm sure I'm sure the entire Yankovic family appreciates that because you're (laughs) absolutely you're absolutely right you know uh Al is uh he's zany and wild and you know uh uh irreverent at times but he's definitely you know he he has a uh uh conservative um you know, I mean, there's there's a line, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and we want to respect Al, and and you know, just, but we want it to be funny and cheeky at the same time. So Al in a bikini or in a farmer's you know daughter outfit, we feel that's not crossing any lines. No. Most. <laughs> <laughs> and I I love. I love the uh, I love the show subtitled Titan Nerdy. That's that's just it's so right on. <laughs> yeah, I, you know it's. I knew once we did the show that there would be other Weird Al burlesque shows. I knew other people were going to do them, so we could really grasp onto being the world's first and only all Weird Al burlesque themed troupe. We only perform, you know, to the music of Weird Al and. Um, I think that kind of separates us. 
So this is this is a whole thing. You've spawned you've spawned a whole a whole phenomena of Weird Al burlesque. Are there are is this is this happening a lot? Are there other other burlesque troops that do this? Um, well, there's no other troops, but there are definitely shows pop up all over the country by other burlesque performers. Some have reached out to us and they're like, hey, do you want to perform with us? Um, you know, a lot of times it's just a matter of logistics or money or, you know, some gals just don't do their homework and are like, I want to do a Weird Al burlesque show and just put one on. And that's fine. I mean, we don't own the music of Weird Al, so if you want to do it, go ahead. But, you know, we lay claim to that we're the first and only troops. So that, you know, <laughs> that makes us that makes us special. So my question is, I guess, if if I uh, if I decide to put on my my own burlesque show, will you perform in it? Um, it depends on the theme, but yeah, <laughs> you know, honestly, here's the thing. For the most part, I have pretty much hung up my g-string unless it's to the music of weird al um unless it's you know weird al burlesque i am just gonna stay closed <laughs> okay but if i can perform a weird al song in your show then sure excellent so what what is your what is your i know this is i know this is uh, uh, the the mind-bending question but what is your favorite weird al song or what is your favorite weird al song to perform to Ooh, well, you know, I I have three acts. I have Amish Paradise, um, I have CNR, and I have um, I have a new act that you haven't seen yet that you Ooh. Okay. Um, I, I do. Oh, I want a new duck. Um, you know, oh, it's so hard. I I really do love performing to Amish Paradise. I mean, I have a butter churn that I use like a stripper pole. And oh my god. Yeah, I know it's 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 wrong, and it, but yet so right. And there's a moment in the act when I lick the butter churn um, handle <laughs> like a stripper pole, you know. All of yes. And every time I do it, all of my friends are afraid I'm gonna get a splinter in my tongue, which has never happened. But no, don't worry. Um, but yeah, I I think I would have to say Amish Paradise is my favorite. I do love performing to CNR because it's kind of my big fu. Because uh, not many people know the song, and even more shockingly, not many people in the audience these days actually know who Charles Nelson Riley is. So they're like, "Why is that's a travesty? Away? That is an absolute travesty." He is scrumptious, you know. And so it just—I don't know. I mean, they're all good, but I would have to say I'd have to go back to Amish Paradise. Um, I'm not bringing it this tour because the butter churn actually does. Yeah, if I have to fly. One of the first things I have to do when I land is I have to find a six foot, three quarter inch wooden dowel, which is not always. <laughs> um, I've done it before. I had a nice friend in Seattle who actually got me the wooden dowel, um, so it was waiting for me. But yeah, it's 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 kind of a, and it, I have to actually travel with a butter churn. Um, I have a tiny, a smaller butter churn that I can actually fit in one of my bags. But it's just funny because the TSA always searches. Oh, I have no doubt. I was just going to say that. I, I'm sure that's quite a trip as you're going through the full body scanner. <laughs> it would cause quite a pretzel, as it were. Oh, yeah. No, no. I usually check it. And I actually am disappointed if the TSA doesn't pull my bag to check at some point. For so sure. I feel like I have done my job as an American. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Oh my God. That's, that's amazing. Well, I'm, uh, I don't know if you remember me, um, uh, talking about Jebediah the last time, uh, we spoke, I, I actually have an Amish character too, um, that I was trying to talk you into, uh, being a part of the show <laughs> when I met you before. Have you, have you ever seen Jebediah? I'll have to, I'll have to send you a photo. It's pretty hilarious. Oh, I've seen photos. You have a picture of your, you, I think you're at Comic-Con just as Jebediah. With Olivia Munn. Yep. Yes. I appreciate that level of dedication. <laughs> he loves his butter churn too, for sure. Who doesn't? <laughs> Um, man, so I'm, I'm just so excited about the show. Um, especially with the, with the new acts, that sounds absolutely amazing. Um, now you, you are the, um, uh, you are the, uh, it's not just you. It takes a whole village is what I'm trying to get to okay, here. Sorry. Tell me about your other performers. Um, so we have the core four, um, which would be myself, Marla, uh, Mistress Marla Spanks, Pearly Gates, and Odessa Lil. And uh, the core four are a group of women who have been there from the start. They, for the most part, have never missed a show. And, you know, they really support, you know, they support the show with me. And it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of time and money. I mean, whenever we tour, we're taking days off of work, we're buying plane tickets and I don't think that we've ever not lost money doing it, um, you know, but we do it because we love it. And it's, you know, since I moved um, to the Midwest, it's actually like a big slumber party with your closest, bestest friends. So it's really awesome. Um, and I, I just love them. And in our travels, we had actually picked up a performer. Um, the infamous Nina Nightshade is in Portland and she is doing an act, which you have never seen. Actually, for this show, Devlin, you, I think you have only seen two of the acts. Uh, the rest are all new. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, yeah, you're going to have a whole new slate. Um, I can't wait. Yeah, right? And then, but yeah, we picked up Nina Nightshade, and she um, she does a very potato-rific act, not to get too much <laughs> away. And, uh, but she also, she also has an act to King of Swain, and she's, she's oh, just man. really honored to have her with us. That is amazing. Holy crap, Pickles. I can't wait. And uh, listeners, it's a cheap ticket. It's only $15 to get in the door. Um, now, are there any VIP tickets still available? I think there are. There might be like, a, I think last time we checked, there was five. Um, and then VIPs just get like a little goodie bag and they get front row seats. And we will have some merch for sale now. We have our keep burlesque weird mugs and pint glasses and totes and um, I'm even putting together, I've actually, all evening, I've been making uh, tiny little twine balls, um, the smallest balls of twine in Minnesota. Tiny, biggest, and, ball of uh, biggest ball of twines in Minnesota. That's amazing. Exactly. And you can you can buy your very own, you know, made from the blood, sweat, and tears of, of my own hands. I mean, it's, it's pretty great. And uh, as always, there's a costume contest. So, you know, uh, we have infamously shitty prizes. The amazing... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. These prizes are, you know, I think um, we've had everything from spam T-shirts to clown uh, coin banks, um, hands of spam. I mean, you can you can pretty much win something that you never knew you wanted and or needed uh, just for dressing up like Weird Al. 
Pickles, I've always dreamed of having a giant cheese head of Weird Al. Is that is that possible to win? You know, I don't think so, but I am in Minnesota. Um, maybe next year we can convince them to do a uh, a butter queen out of Weird Al because that would be amazing. That would be incredible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe uh, maybe tiny accordions or something, or like paper mache accordions, maybe. Yeah, I, I my head spins. I mean, it's just the only thing from keeping me from like just totally losing control and just diving in is just time and money. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I have oh, I have ideas. I have no doubt. <laughs> well, pickles. Um, thank you so very very much for joining me. Um, Please tell my listeners uh, where they can buy tickets and where to find you and the show. Absolutely. Uh, we have a Facebook page. Just uh, we're tight and nerdy. Um, we will be at the Fidodo on uh, 922 in Los Angeles. You can get those tickets at peepshowmenagerie.com. Um, and 923, we will be in Oakland at the Uptown where it all started. We are having a homecoming show with Tava Hubbard. Hover- And um, it's amazing because some of the girls who were in that very first show are coming back and they're doing their acts. So we're so excited because I haven't seen these acts in, you know, four or five years now. And it's going to be amazing. So, yes, come to the show. Say hello. I'll give you a free button. Um, Take photos with us. Say, you know, tweet us, whatever. We cannot wait to meet you. Come dressed as Weird Al. It's going to be the weirdest, funnest night apart from a Weird Al concert that you can have. I love it. Thank you so much, Pickles. I really appreciate it. I cannot wait to see the show um, with the all-new pieces. Um, and uh, and listeners, please uh, please check out Al Stravaganza and Pickles Cantaro at all the places. And uh, as always, you can find our show at Friend or Foe Pod, that's F-A-U-X, and all our current episodes at friendorfopod.com. Pickles, it's been lovely. I will see you on September 22nd. I'll see you this week. Thank you so much, Devlin. Have a great night. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Um, of course, uh, you can follow the show across social at Friend or Foe Pod, that's F-A-U-X. Um, the official website is friendorfopod.com where you can listen to all of the current episodes, including this one. And you can follow me, Devlin Wilder, across social at Devlin Wilder. Thank you so much for listening. See you on the next one. Bye. Visit jabberjawmedia.com for more shows like this one.